Excuse me. Are we? Are we? <laughs> Just open with that correct to the intro. I love it. Fine. That's our opener then. Alrighty then. <laughs> so bad, John. So bad. Well, you know, I could tell you're tired right now. I'm tired Very. right now. Uh, I've been back doing some essential work. Nice. Which is nice. Um, you were up working on some boat Working stuff. on the charter boat. Yep. Yeah. Doing some maintenance on that. Changing the impellers out. That uh, that was messy. Went a lot easier than I was expecting it to. Okay. So normally this thing, it's one of those, any easy, simple job we ever have is not ever. Well, the and boat this one, break yeah. out another thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But I'm glad it's not my boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it went pretty smooth. Got everything cleaned up, resealed, put the new impellers in nice and smooth. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we stopped for the day. We, we had to go find some hardware. Went to five different hardware stores. Could not find half of what we needed. You did your best to spread the Rona around. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, actually, we, we left uh, one store, and I will call the store out for it, Menards. Went to walk in, and we got yelled at. They're not allowing people into the building without a mask. And they go, but we have them available over here for a dollar. Oh, that's very nice of them. Yeah, yeah, to charge you to come in the store. So we laughed, said some, I won't repeat it here. It wasn't rude or offensive, but, you know, absolutely not. We walked out. Another guy walked out with us. He started telling everybody walking in they won't let you in without a mask. And then a whole mess of other people left. They're not allowing people in there with kids under 16. Posted on a big sign out front. Well, now that makes me want to go there. Go for it. <laughs> you know, I mean, if there's oh, no it, kids there, I mean, it has nothing to do with... Right, yeah, do. I didn't see it that way. Yeah, I mean, you know. No, same I mean, thing with like a restaurant or something. That's absolutely you know? ridiculous. It is. So it is. We, we walked out, we left. Uh, the individual I was with will not be shopping there ever again. Uh, okay, all right. It is what it is. I don't mm-hmm. care. It's... We didn't... The chances are they... Well, they would have had half of what we needed. So we found it at other hardware stores. You know, the local lumberjack in that area had the other half of it. So, yeah. Um, And this message was brought to you by Menards.com for all of your (laughs) (laughs) shopping needs. Is this where you're supposed to hear the save? No, I'm not going to say that because that'd be copyright infringement, I think. Whatever. But apparently you can save big money there. You know, when you shop there. Oh, so. so bad, so bad. <laughs> I, right. I would never be able to work there. I would probably shoot myself the first day having to hear that song every 30 seconds. You ready to talk some off-road history today? Yeah, we were. We were talking about boats. Boats? That's off-road. Yeah, I guess it is. No roads out there. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some trucks and stuff. That works. Kind of. <laughs> It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up, here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. Well, now that we've killed the water main in the studio. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't think that one through. 
Hey, I like well, we the did, Valve is available though right there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the new studio is in the basement here, of course, and uh, we somebody was running water There's upstairs. some noise trials and tribulations with all of this. We just killed the water main, and no yeah. one's yelling down yet that their shower turned really uh, off. <laughs> Unless they're on the third floor, then we might not hear it too clearly. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> is what it is, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, our numbers thing that we're always doing, this is episode 54. That's for math, right? Numbers. Yes. Episode yeah, I 54. Don't, I don't do no math. <laughs> and by coincidence, May 1st, 1954, mm-hmm. is the creation of the American Motors Corporation. Nice. I like them. Have you heard of them before? Yeah, they, they got us that one bird car. Bird car? Yeah, the representation of American freedom. The javelin? <laughs> the eagle. Oh, the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> that bad attempt at a joke. I'm yeah, sorry. no, no, no. That's, that's... Uh, the Project XJ is originally AMC. Well, isn't that an 88? Yeah. Yeah, it's after so, the Chrysler takeover, but yeah. it's an AMC design. So. Yeah, yeah. But it was right on that border. There were a few things done that were still their designs and still then. I mean, that was all XJ's <laughs> through the entire run. Yeah. Just a hodgepodge of different crap. Well, you know, we've talked about various AMC products in the past. Mm-hmm. We've done the CJ7 episode. Was that episode 7? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we did the, the CJ7. We've talked about oh, they gave some us movie the, theaters, too. Don't forget that. Oh, the AMC That's a movie huge theater. contribution. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a uh, association <laughs> there. But I don't know. You, well, you never know. And that, when you talk about the history of this company, mm. you just never know because... Well, let me ask you. This. I had to write down a bunch of dates on this old envelope. Now nice. I know a lot about the development history of this company, mm-hmm. but some of the dates and things, just so I didn't get mixed up, I wrote yeah. them down here on this. Well, uh, here, here's the first thing I want to know. Hmm. I, I've heard AMC defined in two different ways. Okay. Anybody's motor company, yeah. an American motor company, <laughs> which is correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is American motor company. Ah, um, it's been bugging me for years. Yeah, but it is. Not the first American Motor Company. Really? Yeah. Back in the early teens, it was actually another American Motor Company, another AMC, uh, that was completely unrelated. And it was owned by <laughs> Lewis Chevrolet. Yeah. So uh, Chevrolet owned the first nice. AMC. But um, that is not where it goes. But AMC, if you're talking about 4x4s, they are the company mm-hmm. that brought four-wheel drive to the world. Sounds, I mean, I believe it. <laughs> now, no, hang on, though. You know, <laughs> you, you know, May 1st, 1954, there was four-wheel drive way before that. Yeah, very true. Okay. My reasoning behind that is, is because the roots and the history of what happened up to the point for AMC to exist is where it gets really interesting. And that's why for this episode, instead of just talking about Say products that AMC offered or mm-hmm. AMC did for, um, you know, from 1954 through 1987, which was their yeah. their run, hey American day. Motors. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about their roots, where they came from, the butterfly effect of events that caused them to eventually become AMC. I like it. Now, I know you said that you don't know a lot about that early history, so not much. Our, our listeners here. <laughs> You're going to hear my lovely voice. It's a Keith-heavy episode. I'm sorry. Yeah, more than you're normally used to, but John will interject So feel free to change the channel now. Listen to whatever else you listen to. 
Please don't do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> John, John, John. <laughs> Pardon me. Wrong hole there. This may no longer be a Keith heavy episode. He is apparently choking to death. <laughs> he is. We're gonna have to take the water away from him. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, is that water? Oh yeah. Oh, sure. Well. Yep. Very fizzy, copper-colored uh, water. Aw. I, I have actual water. So, <laughs> have you ever heard the name Thomas Buckland Jeffrey? Nope. I've heard them individually, but not together. <laughs> Thomas Buckland Jeffrey was born in 1845. Now that, that was a long is, time ago. That is a long time before AMC was even a thought. It was like yesterday for you, right? Yeah, you know, it was about the year I graduated high school. Ah, you know. okay. They had schools back then? That was like hammer chisel times? <laughs> John, you're killing me today. <coughs> Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's good. Um, <laughs> That's good. What? Yeah. Uh, he was born in 1845. And he was an inventor, a tinkerer, all through his youth, early adulthood, made all sorts of other things. Mm. And um, by, I think it was, I wrote down the date because here, I'm going to make sure I had the date. Yeah, 1878, he had started producing bicycles. I have a plate that was made three years before that. You have a license plate? No, a dish plate. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, you got the ADD today. Um, yeah. Anyways, in 1878, he founded with another gentleman um, named uh, Philip Gormley. They started the Gormley and Jeffrey um, Bicycle Company. Okay. And they started producing bicycles, and well, that was pretty much it. And you would think, well, okay, how does what does this guy have to do anything with cars? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm wondering that. We're gonna get there. I hope so. So <laughs> Gormley and Jeffrey, they. Saw a couple of problems. Bicycles through the 1870s, 1880s were getting... Back when they had those giant big wheels and then the like penny farthings. Yeah, those Some, are cool. Yeah, but the, the regular... I think the penny farthing had pretty much gotten out of... Um, mm. um, by the 1860s, it wasn't very popular, and they were starting to get to kind of the modern version of a bicycle. Okay. You know, s still single speed. Mm -hmm. But one of the problems... That's like with the pegs and the little roundy things that make the noise on the spokes? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... I don't know uh, where I'm going with all this. I don't know where you're going with that either. Uh, I but, swear to God, I'm tired, not drunk. But speaking yep. of um, the the tires and the spokes and things like that, bicycles at the time, the they had invented pneumatic tires, you know, so mm -hmm. a tube that had air in it. Yeah. But the tires themselves were glued to the rims of hmm. the tire of the of the the wheel the wheel. Yeah. And it was a several-hour process if once they wore out or mm -hmm. the tube internally needed to be replaced to peel all the old rubber off believe it. and to make a new tire. Now, they did not invent the tubeless tire. That was actually, um, uh, I, I'm drawing a blank here. You're a food guy. Who's the guy? Andre Michelin. Andre Michelin, the, the Michelin five-star restaurants oh, and all that. Oh, right, right. We Michelin. talked about that We've well, a couple, couple episodes, episodes ago. ago yeah. yeah. Andre Michelin invented the tubeless tire. However, um, Jeffrey invented um, basically the wheel that would allow the tubeless tire to be used. Okay. Um, he invented various split rims and yeah. things like that, but ways to mount a tire uh, easily on a bicycle. So, so they started to make a lot of money doing that in, nice. in the bicycle world. And then as the horseless carriages, automobiles were getting to be a little more popular, 
um, they did sell some of them to that. Jeffrey, being a um, an inventor and a tinkerer, decided to, on his own, without his partner Gormley, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, to build a car. Okay. And in eighteen. Uh, 97 or 98, I'm sure he was working on it both years. You don't just build a car from scratch in a year. Generally, no. No. But, I mean, it's um, happened, and there's a lot of problems with that. Yeah, 1897. 1897, he built his first car. Yeah. And it was such a successful little vehicle that he made mm-hmm. that he decided to go into the automobile production business. Nice. So he sold his remaining ownership in the um, Gormley and uh, Jeffrey Company and started um, just the Thomas B. Jeffrey Company. Nice. And he started making cars. And his first cars were called Ramblers. You've I've heard, heard that. You've yeah. heard of the Ramblers before. Yeah. So he started to make the um, Jeffrey Ramblers. And they were popular little cars, made thousands of them mm-hmm. um, from the teens on the way up through. And, you know, probably... The company would have continued to build and boom for a number of years, but he went on vacation in 1910 in Italy. Okay. And died. So not a good vacation. Not a good vacation. No. 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 But um, just prior to that, uh, 1908, 1907, he had started to tinker with four-wheel drive vehicles. Okay. And um, the Jeffrey Company had purchased from the FWD company out of Wisconsin, who was um, just starting to get making vehicles. They, they had produced one to use at their shop. Mm-hmm. He didn't like how it worked and wanted something a little more durable, yeah. um, wanted something that could go in some of the, um, the muddier areas easy, not mm-hmm. lose traction. So he decided to design his own vehicle, and so they designed what they called the Jeffrey Quad. I remember we've talked about that one. Yeah, well, or it, it mentioned it at least at some point. Yeah. So the Jeffrey Quad. What's really interesting is the technological advances that that vehicle had. It had mm-hmm. front and rear steering. Nice. It had locking differentials front and rear. Dude, I'm liking the sound yeah. of this thing. We're talking here prior to 1910. I like it. Yeah. Awesome, capable off-road vehicle. They were built much better than the um, uh, the FWD trucks of yeah. the time, and they were just this amazing vehicle. Well, like I said, in 1910, he he passes away, but the mm-hmm. company continued to survive. Yep. The Thomas B. Jeffrey Company continued for a number of years, but the family eventually, uh, the f- surviving Jeffrey family, decided that they no longer wanted to run the company. Gotcha. So they turned around in 1917 and sold the company to a kind of an investor multimillionaire named Charles Nash. <laughs> and nice. it became Nash Motors. Nice. He just literally came in and put his name on all the Jeffrey products. <laughs> so the Jeffrey Quad now became known as the Nash Quad. Nice. And this was right at the cusp of World War One. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. So, people that um, know about World War One vehicles are a lot of times familiar with the Nash Quad. Yeah, that was a vehicle that was designed by Jeffrey. There was no changes; just a name change. Right. Change name on the radiator. I've been on a, a shipwreck that was loaded with old Nash automobiles. They had been Nash crushed. automobiles or Nash quads. I don't know. 
Because they did make the automobiles, too, but the quad was the truck, you know. Okay, I thought I remembered him saying automobiles. Mm. I don't know. I know you know, they... I think I know the one you're talking about. Went down in the 20s? I don't know when that one's saying. It's, oh, okay. it's not, not the one you're thinking of. You're thinking of one that has the the one that's, like, fully intact still. Okay. No, the one I'm, I'm talking about, uh, they were in a train car. It was a, a ferry boat, and they were all crushed. <laughs> oh, darn. So, not yeah, good. Not like good. Michigan. Yeah, well, bummer. I don't. I don't remember. I didn't write it down on my little envelope here, but I do remember kind of off the top of my head. They made somewhere in the neighborhood of like twenty or thirty thousand um, hmm. Jeffrey and Nash quads, and they sold a bunch of them. Relatively to, low amount. Well, low amount in the grand scheme of. But you're also talking production. about the teens. True. So that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot back then. It was very popular. Um, <coughs> these me, were, um, you know, very capable off-road vehicles. Yeah. Go anywhere. Um, both FWD and Nash sold a number of vehicles yeah. to the U.S. government. The Nash Quad became very popular in the European front, mm-hmm. became popular in um, expeditions down in Mexico. You did a uh, This Day in Off-Road History on one of those, didn't you? Through the museum, yeah. Yeah, it was um, like a steering wheel, boxy, real boxy-looking thing. Yeah, it had yeah. A, yeah, it was a, you sat kind of in front of the front axle. Yeah. I remember um, seeing that one. There's a number of Nash and Jeffrey quads. In fact, I would love for the museum to get one in the museum someday. Either, that would be cool. Either or. I mean, a Jeffrey would be really cool because they're the first. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, a Nash quad would be just as cool as getting a I'll Jeffrey quad. I'll keep my quad. eyes open. There, there's a scrapyard we got to go to. There's a, I wouldn't surprise me if they have one. I, I doubt it, but it would not surprise me. I actually am aware of a Jeffrey quad uh, that is supposedly in central Michigan sitting on a farm. Very, very poor condition. Hmm. Um, I know a number of people that have tried to purchase it over the years, mm-hmm. and it's one of those deals where, oh, I'm going to fix it up someday. It's been sitting there since 1932, yeah. but you yeah. know, it's... Uh, We'll see. Yeah, maybe make a proposition on behalf of the Mora for it. You never know. I'll bring um, that up at the next meeting. <laughs> you know, this might be a good time um, uh, before we do a break. Uh, museum minutes. Do okay. we? Speaking of the Mora, uh, do we have any big news for the museum? Um, do you want to talk <laughs> about kind of closures of the COVID thing? Anything like that? I don't really need to want to harp anymore on that. We did, I think, a pretty inclusive piece on that last week. We did. Um, so basically, we could talk about that. We, so we did the live chat um, with our video last week. It was Friday. We did that. That wasn't through the. That wasn't the museum. I don't want. No. I don't want to connect. Oh, that you to mean the just museum. strictly through the museum? Okay. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. museum minutes for a minute here. Um, oh, we've been closed. We still closed. Yeah, we're, we're gonna closed. Be closed. <laughs> I was down there today, just mm. checking on everything, make sure that we didn't have any issues, anything like that. Everything Nothing looks walked good. out or rolled out or anything. Everything's all cool, tucked in nice, <laughs> and um, but uh, we I are, know Mr. Henry's gonna probably be uh, relocating his vehicle in there pretty soon here. Oh, he's gonna move it towards <clears throat> the front of the museum. Further in front of the museum. Oh, okay. And right. uh, more north, <laughs> or no? What would it be? Southwest of there? I'm bad Whatever, with options. <laughs> Anyways, it's going home. <laughs> yeah, it's going home. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, the museum will be open back to the public as soon as possible. As soon as, as soon as Michigan opens up their you know, we're, we're allowed. Yeah, we're essential again. We're essential, you know. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet, but yeah. as soon as we are, we're going to open. We'll get there. Maybe we'll even do a special event, welcome back event or something. I like it. We'll I like see it. something yeah. like that. But um, unless you got anything else, uh, well, you know, let, let's hit real quick. Uh, do you got any? Uh, I don't have much news in 4x4 Talk. Do you have much news? Uh, I got Pegasus running again. Good. I dumped what some. Was, what was wrong with it? I think, I think it was just water in the fuel. Mm-hmm. 
I, I dumped some of that diesel 911 in there, you know, appropriated for how much fuel was in it, and that my measuring device would only go to four ounces, so that's okay. what went in. Uh, it took a while to crank her, get her started. I burned my fingers trying to tighten up a battery terminal. Ran like crap for about 10 minutes, and I just kind of held the idle up, smoothed out a little bit, let off, and she finally smoothed out, let her run for an hour. No hiccups, no issues. That's just sitting. Okay. So I'm going to probably tomorrow take it out on a test drive around half hour, 40 minutes, see if it has any issues, and if not, you know, I'll go fill the fuel up and go from there and pray I don't have this issue again. Uh, let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, so, I was wondering why I didn't see it out in the driveway Yeah, today. major lesson learned. Don't use old fuel. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not if, unless you filter it. Filter it and put an additive in it or a lot of additive. Yeah. Or just don't do it. I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I go filter it. <clears throat> well, I, I have my diesel can. This was the other one. Mm-hmm. So my diesel can, I know how old it is. I mean, it's empty now. But, you know, I always put some treatment in there when I fill it up because I know it's going to be sitting for a few months at least. Okay. And I usually use that up every six months. I'll replace it. So lesson learned, don't do old fuel. If you do, take some precautions, at least with diesel. I was stupid. Yeah. I was really stupid. (laughs) At least it's forgiving. Yeah, and it could have been worse. You know, look at it that way. So, We'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I think we need to talk about the Nash Motors Corporation and um, what Charles Nash built on the foundation of the Jeffrey Company and where Nash Should we put a building on the foundation? Yeah, pretty much. Um, There's a lot of interesting (laughs) Nash history. So let's talk about that when we come back. Sounds good. See you in a minute. Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those two. Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts. They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. You ready? Oh, yeah, he's been going. Hell, that was recorded. What was recorded? Everything that we just said and did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that he's going to have five minutes of us blowing no, noses. No, very, and... very fortunately for you folks there, you're not going to see anything that just happened here. Don't bet on that. off, and it was just... Yeah, I took my shirt <laughs> off. They would like that, I tell you what, you know? Uh, nah. like, that, like that pizza advertisement I showed you earlier? Oh, my God, dude. That <laughs> <laughs> was so stupid. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> back to what we were talking about. So, um, 1917, um, Charles Nash takes over the... Uh, Thomas B. Jeffrey, Thomas B. Jeffrey Company. I was going to say, you said Jamis. I yeah, I know. The Thomas. Thomas B. Jeffrey. That was a tongue twister for a second. I'm losing all kinds of He takes things. that over, uh, purchases it from the Jeffrey family, mm-hmm. and creates Nash Automobiles. Uh, fortunately, you know, a lot of times, especially in those early days of automotive history, people and investors would purchase automotive companies and they didn't really put any more money into them, yeah. or they went bankrupt very soon. Uh, it's kind of interesting. If you go to the Henry Ford Museum, have you, have you been to the Henry Ford Museum? Not since, like, third grade. 
Oh, okay. Um, in the Henry Ford Museum, they have or had, I haven't been there in a couple years now, uh, but they had this really interesting list that went along on one of their displays, and it showed all the car companies that were in the United States prior to the stock market crash in 1929. Mm -hmm. And then it showed all the car companies from 1929 after, and it had, you know, it had all the car companies known yeah. of all time, whatever, but then certain ones were highlighted, and, like, literally, like, 90% of them were gone by 1929. Oh, Did they have the thing on that list? I, I don't think so. I don't think that was ever an official car company. I think that was something they tinkered with. It. I, I'll pull it up. I meant to actually pull it up on the break and forgot, but I, I read... Coincidentally, just read into it a little bit uh, a couple days ago. You're talking to Memphis, where you're from, where they yeah, had the, thing. the I, thing. But that was one vehicle they built. Yes. It was a steam-powered car. I don't remember all the details off the top of my head. Yeah. Steam-powered, but it was considered the first automobile built in Michigan. I've read about that before, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe we do an episode about it someday, get a little more information about it. I can find it. more information on it. I, I tried looking quickly and could not find much. I know there's not a lot. I have no. two. But, so, uh, I mean, well, I suppose I could go to that. What's that place with books? Most towns have them or counties. You can, like, rent them out and stuff. Oh, um, you're talking the uh, the adult video and bookstore? No, 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 not that one. Not that one. No. Library? Yeah. Oh, library. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, producer. Yeah, I could probably go to the Memphis Library. <laughs> there they go. might have some stuff. They have a library in that town? We do, yeah. Wow. St. Clair County Library System. I didn't know it was big enough that you guys would have a library. Oh, yeah, yeah. The It's, it's actually funny. The, the first library I remember in Memphis is now where the police station is. I still have my old card from that buried somewhere in the basement. Actually, I don't even... Uh, my card's probably no good anymore. You know what the police anyways, station but... in this town was 10 years ago, don't you? Mm -mm. It was a video store. <laughs> so uh, every once in a while, I just want to walk in and be like, yeah, I'm here to return this cassette. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. You know, but... I love it. Um, anyways. <laughs> anyway, so Charles Nash uh, continued to develop the Nash automobile. The Nash automobile uh, became a, a, you know, he was kind of like that, that mid-level vehicle. They weren't like yeah. a super cheap vehicle, although... Um, they didn't, they weren't super expensive either. So yeah. it was a competitor with Chevrolet, with Dodge, with Ford. They did have some nicer models. They had some economy models, but, um, you know, they continued various development, new models of vehicle, and they, they stayed with the times. Nice. Nash was a very respected brand. Um, they continued building upon what they had. Uh, but Charles Nash in 1937, uh, now they they were developing some things towards the end of his tenure at the at the mm -hmm. Nash Company, but in 1937, don't tell me he went on vacation too. No, no, he wanted oh, to re he wanted to retire. Oh, okay. And he smartly um, researched and looked for somebody that he thought could take the helm of his company mm -hmm. and continue it on. Yeah. And what so is that when they started using those pneumatic tires? No, they so had a, not that kind of retiring. No, not that kind of retiring. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm so sorry. Bad. Um, he, my found, dad would be proud at that joke. Oh my god! Yes, he would. That is such a dad joke. <laughs> yeah. He found what he believed to be, um, you know, the right person or the right corporate mindset mm -hmm. in another gentleman, George Mason. Okay. George Mason was the head Founder of the jars. What's that? Founder of the jars? That I don't know. Oh. I don't think so. That was a kind of a... Because... That meant to be a joke, but... <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, is the mason jars, they go back to the 1800s, don't they? 
I think so. I, I don't actually know. So if it's know, part of his ball. family, maybe not. But uh, I'm George, have to look that up now. I'm we're gonna have to look that up because that could be another key to this puzzle. Yeah. Um, George Mason in 1937 was running the Calvinator Appliance Company. Okay. They Figured made Calvin, he'd be a stone worker or something. They made the Calvinator refrigerators, Calvinator freezers, uh, all sorts of home appliances. They mm-hmm. were one of the. They were actually, I believe, the largest appliance company at the time in the, okay. in the world. They made all these appliances. So this is pre GE days. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, pre I think pre GE appliances. I could be wrong. Okay, there. but yeah, I forgot they did actual electrical work. Yeah, George <laughs> George Mason. Um, you know, he, he went to him and said, okay, we're going to do this. And George Mason said, I would love to do this mm-hmm. on one condition. We merge Calvinator and Nash. Okay. Which seems like a weird merger. you got a car company, mm-hmm. and you've got an appliance company. Well, I mean, you got to have your microwave and your dishwasher in the car. Sure. It's just, well, absolutely. You know, the most high-quality, portable, luxurious vehicle. This merger worked <laughs> out. Um, Nash accepted. They merged the two companies together in 1937 mm-hmm. and became the Nash Calvinator Corporation. Nice. Now, they continued to build the Calvinator appliances and all the Calvinator things, and they kept the Calvinator name on them. Yeah. So all of the appliance end of the corporation was the Calvinator cor- side of it, okay. and all the vehicle side of it was the Nash side of things. Okay. So they kind of kept those separate, but it was one company. Okay. At the time, uh, that was the largest corporate merger um, in all of history, known history, it was a huge corporate merger between these two these two giants. Mm-hmm. Um, if they say that it was possibly the, the largest of all time, but it was at least the largest that was non related. So we've had a lot bigger ones since then. I know. I but, know since yeah. then, but it was non related <clears throat> industries that merged into one yeah. company. This is where things started to get really special. Under the helm of George Mason, George Mason was big on technology and looking for the future. He was okay. always that, what's going to be tomorrow? What's going to be tomorrow? Yeah. And so... Hence the car toaster. Um, I'm not sure if he made a car toaster. That would be cool. What do you mean? I thought you actually knew there was a car toaster or something. N- Wait, what? I That I don't know for sure. Who, who's messing with who here? I'm, I'm not messing <laughs> with you. I'm going to run down some of the things. I was kidding. I, I meant that'd be cool. Uh, anyway. Under Nash Kelvinator... <laughs> Which started in 1937, and I've got my list here because I knew I knew most of these. I, I just got to say real quick, that just sounds like a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Nash Calvinator, I, I don't know, Cowboy yeah, I mean, of the West. It kind of does. It kind of does. <laughs> Again, I swear to God, I'm not drunk. <laughs> yeah, something else. Um, no, no, not that either. Immediately, now they'd already been working on this under the direction of um, Nash. Okay, but um, under the the uh, Nash Calvinator Corporation in 1938 they developed the world's first unibody vehicle. What are you shaking your heads for? The XJZ unibody. I know. You know how much of a pain in the ass that thing is to work well, on. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> but um, they developed the first unibody construction. Okay. They went to production with it in 1941, but 1938 they did a lot of testing with their gotcha. Air Flight series. Uh, that was a huge. Uh, you know, advancement. You know, they got rid of the full frame underneath vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, other things that Nash Calvinator did uh, in 1950, they were the first production car to include seat belts. Hmm. Little side note there: the Tucker car kind of did, kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have Tucker history in '48, but 
Uh, first mass-produced car with seatbelts. Tucker, they only made 51 okay. of them. Yeah. Um, in 1950, they also introduced the uh, the some of their smaller compact cars, and they actually used the name compact car. So nice. uh, they created the compact car. So Ooh. that was under Nash Calvinator. Um, you know, header there. Oh, oh, well, I'll wait. We'll get to it. Um, going back a little bit, 1940, they were the first production car to use a coil spring suspension. Huh. So they they got rid of the leaf springs, went to yeah. a coil spring. Um, obviously, coil springs have stayed around to this day. Oh, yeah. Uh, that same year, sealed beam headlights. Nice. Uh, which, you know, that was a replaceable headlight. You know, you yeah. can very easily uh, in and out. Um, so they, they had all these, and there was a bunch of other ones. Um, oh, uh, 1939, uh, first air conditioning huh. in a vehicle. So nice. nice. And that same year, um, they were the first one to, or the next year, might have been 1940 by my notes here, but uh, the first vehicle with reclining seats. And Ooh. their reclining seats actually went all the way back touched the rear seat assembly so the entire inside of the vehicle turned into a bed Dude. and it was met it was sold to be like a camping salesman's vehicle That's so they could awesome. drive somewhere yeah and you could you could recline it all the way back nice. and you could sleep inside your car that is cool pretty neat thing huh yeah it'd be way more comfortable than sleeping in modern cars that just sucks well i mean you just <laughs> all those things i talked about that every modern car has these yeah and nash is the one that came up with these the, the nash calvinate yeah so, well, I'll just ask it. How long was Nash around for? Well, so in... I, say, I know you're getting there. But. I am getting there. In 1954, Nash Calvinator um, acquired the... They weren't quite bankrupt. It was considered to be a friendly corporate merger, but they were uh, hurting uh, the Hudson Motor Car Company. Oh. Um, so Hudson Motors, the fabulous Hudson Hornets, uh, all that yeah. stuff. They merged with Hudson... And created May 1st, 1954, American Motors Corporation. Nice. So that was really up to the point. I mean, I won't say that was the end of it there. Mm -hmm. But that's that's when AMC became official. Nice. Now, they continued, though, developing more technologies and things like that. And in 1957, they developed the um, uh, the what they would... They used the term muscle car for the first mm -hmm. time. So th that was another one. Now AMC, which is built, of course, on the foundation of Nash Calvinator, first muscle car. Nice. And then, as you know, um, you know, they eventually, I, I I failed on this one. Maybe after the break, maybe on the break, I'll run up and take a <laughs> quick look. There's something else I wanted to think of here. I, I think but, I know what you're thinking, huh? but <laughs> But um, so AMC... Uh, 1954, May 1st, you know, existed. And, yeah. you know, th this is just all these companies going in together, and it was these mergers, and it was mm -hmm. these builds, but it was built on technology. Yeah, that's cool. I never realized the history, like, coils and a AC and all that went that far back. Well, yeah, and that was all I figured under, that was all in, like, the 70s. That's <laughs> all considered to be under the, what they call the George Mason days okay. of Nash, because... That was the technology, and they were they were using tech, the. I've read about it before. The Kelvinator um, company had all these uh, engineers and inventors working for them. Yeah. So did Nash, and so they were able to, you know, instead of taking two car companies that kind of were similar thinking, they mm. took engineers from different fields to that's think awesome. about new problems. The ingenuity, and, of that and that's is, how they created wow. this, you know, this technological giant. That's awesome. 
And, you know, so it was, it was just a neat way to do that. And, you know, that was what was the foundation of AMC. But AMC story, as you know, is is not over there. Oh, no. There's, I mean, it was over eventually, yeah. kind of. Yeah. But uh, is it too soon to take that next break? <clears throat> never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Andrew says never. That, well, that's that's fine with me because I got a little piece of sawdust or something in my eye. It's bugging the crap Where would you get sawdust it? from? Oh, there, 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 there. You just blew your nose in it, we're so you probably still, blew it on me. Yeah, we're still in our uh, in our studio here. Yeah, this is our wheel and news. We're still building the studio, but uh, let's take a quick break, and we come back. I want to touch on a few more AMC things. And... Sounds good to me. I'm going to clear this out of my eye. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Ah, spring. It means so many things. Birds, flowers, warmer temperatures, and oh, let's not forget, Bugs! <laughs> Don't let pesky bugs take over your home. Call ABC Home and Commercial Services. They have the solution for your spiders, wasps, box elder bugs, Asian lady beetles, cluster flies, and more. ABC Home and Commercial Services, the best in pests. Call 810-794-5678. So what, <laughs> so what I wanted to look up before the break there, John, was it was... There was a date that was bugging me in my mind, and I actually ended up being kind of right in my mind because... You think you forget your anniversary or something? I, I don't know what that is. Ooh. No, you no, didn't I, hear I, that? I know what it is. Don't tell his fiance. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that uh, you know I may have a special code somewhere that is that, so it reminds me and I have to use it every day, so you know, <laughs> just going to say that, you know? Uh, now everybody knows your pin. There you go, man. There you go. Uh, no, um. So AMC uh, continued up through the 50s mm-hmm. and early 60s producing um, passenger cars. Okay. They, they did not, it, which is strange because, you know, going back to the quad days of the old Nash quad days, uh, that ran up till about 1928. Mm-hmm. They just kind of like eventually trickled off production because there wasn't as much um, military. And then, of course, World War II. Yeah. World War II was when we got back into the four-wheel drive world. Mm-hmm. There, there's really no big, major, any great producer of four-wheel drive vehicles in the 1930s. You know, we needed four-wheel drive during wartime, so yeah. World War One, then World War Two, mm-hmm. and of course during World War Two we had the Willys Corporation yep. create the Jeep. Yeah, we all know. Well, Bantam created the Jeep, then Willys, but we yeah, talked about that in the past. Someone will complain if we don't correct it. Yeah, no, there, that's so. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So Willys built Jeep into what it is. Yeah, let's just say oh, that. Yeah. Willys built Jeep into what it, what it is. Um, I thought for a minute there, uh, as you and I talked during the break, that AMC acquired Willys in '63. Uh, that's actually incorrect. Kaiser yep. Motors acquired Willys in 1963. Kaiser, which is still considered to be a very strange merger because Kaiser was almost bankrupt, Hmm. and yet they were able to buy another car company in 1963. Historians today have studied that. Like, where did the money come from? Somebody must have lost a bet or something. There was something there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's really an odd deal. Um, They think there was some government backing, backroom deals, a lot of things that happened, but... Uh, whatever the case, they continued to decline. 63 yeah. to 70 are not considered great years in the Jeep no. world. Um, I mean, it gave us the Commando. Gave us the... Which, well, no, the, the Commando... That was 66. What? 
Commando was 66. Oh, it gave year. us the Commando. It didn't yeah. it, the Jeepster, though. The Jeepster was back during the... Yeah, yeah. yeah and okay. the for, that one back to the 40s. 40s, yeah. yeah. Um, but the... You know, like I say, it gave us Commando, and that's yeah. great. So you had Kaiser Jeep. Kaiser Jeep uh, existed from 63. Well, it was Kaiser Willys. They dropped yeah. the Willys name, then they became Kaiser Jeep. Yep. Uh, up till 1970, when AMC wanted to get back into the four-wheel drive, mm-hmm. off-road world, and they purchased them, absorbed in yep. Kaiser Jeep. American Motors now was a car manufacturer and an off-road vehicle manufacturer. Yeah. And I think we've talked in previous episodes about how they went whole hog into the Eagle development, (laughs) um, whole hog into the XJ development, which was partially with the French company Renault. Mm -hmm. Um, Gave us the crappiest manual transmission ever in a Cherokee. That was Peugeot. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, that was another French company. Yeah. They had a lot of stuff well, to do with the French. We too. should do that someday. We should do an episode. And I'm not saying the next one. But we should do the AMC um, slash Jeep uh, French Connection. Because there was a bunch of weird French stuff that we went on. We that from title the, the French Connection. The French Connection, yeah. From the <laughs> 70s to the 80s. There was a whole bunch of stuff. And they weren't the only ones. There was yeah. a bunch of manufacturers. GM were, was dating the French and stuff at the time as well. So there was mm. like this menage a trois going on, um, <laughs> you know, between GM yeah. and Jeep and the French. And it was just an odd deal of... Yeah, the, a little little weird. And, and you know, the, it, there was a time there in the 80s where it looked like France was going to be a... Um, you know, motor center of the world. And, and yeah, it just didn't happen. But yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, so that was that was there, and then 1987, as we know, uh, and we've talked about many, many times, AMC uh, via various um, things that happened. They were they were being bankrupted mm-hmm. um, partially by the fault of Lee Iacocca, who was trying like heck to get the uh, Ferguson formula yeah. from the Eagle released, and so AMC. Ended up getting absorbed into Chrysler, which then, of course, all through the Chrysler stuff is now FCA. I mean, yeah. I, we could do the whole thing on like the eight different times that Chrysler's changed names in the last. <laughs> It'd so, probably be a couple episodes if we got but, into all the details. You know, um, what's interesting there, and, and we're going to do some more. You know, one thing, let's just, I guess, on, a, on kind of on a, I don't say a final note here, <laughs> but um, the, the AMC note, AMC was the one that made the 258 straight six engine yeah the jeep engine mm-hmm. um they were the ones and that was an engine that went all the way back to 1941 in the um rambler automobiles yeah well actually it was in the i think in the so 600 series wasn't it based back into the 20s originally too on the tractors um n- well something like that some of the parts but I, yeah. I was reading about it the other day and doing a little more research so that's actually a piece i'm going to probably do for an upcoming thing with one of the magazines that nice. i work with um i believe it was um the nash 600 1941 okay had a flathead straight six mm-hmm. and that is considered to be the uh i guess great grandfather mm-hmm of the two two fifty eight, which then became the four liter. Nice. It was the same engine that just kept getting redesigned for a number of gotcha. years, all the way up until uh, the very last year, which would have been uh, what 2000? 2006. Yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, final revision of the four zero. Yeah. The final revision. A sad day. Yeah. So that was the end of it, and we could do. I mean, a, that was a crap that's engine. That's an episode we should do. Actually, is that yeah. whole straight six? But 
And keep that in mind, folks. If you are a Jeep guy, gal, and you've got a straight six Jeep, so 06 and older, TJ, uh, YJ, XJ. Uh, old XJ or a CJ, um, you, the engine in your vehicle goes back to Nash days. I love that. I and love that. It predates AMC. That's awesome. Um, and remember, Nash is the company that put four wheel drive on the map yeah. for the U.S. government, um, for the world. And so uh, everything you have to do with your Jeep and all the other off-road stuff today, you really have a lot to think about th or thank the, I say Nash, the Thomas, Thomas B. Jeffrey, the yeah. bicycle guy. Yeah. Um, Thomas B. Jeffrey, who created the Jeffrey Company, Jeffrey Quad. So those four-wheelers have to give credit to a bicycle guy? It all starts out with a bicycle. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so AMC starts out, I mean, it really started out with Just a bicycle. We're going to see one of those little stars across the screen and like the more that you... The more you know. Yeah, yeah the more you know. So <laughs> I hope that wasn't, um, you know, too much information for people. But to me, it was interesting because... It was fascinating. When I've read about this and it's like, you, you know... You, Again, another one of those, I never realized the historical influence of that company. I've heard the name... We've talked about it a few times, but I never realized, again, what the roots go back to. And that's incredible. All back to a bicycle builder who, yeah. who eventually built what became like the... And, you know, I guess putting... Speaking from an off-road perspective, AMC is often credited with being the company that put off-road and all-wheel... Or four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive vehicles in the American driveways. Mm-hmm. Prior to AMC coming out with the Wagoneer, or, or the Wag Wagoneer, that was actually a, a brand, the Wagoneer, <laughs> yeah. um, the Commando, yeah, uh, taking and somewhat um, softening the soft top CJ series, mm -hmm. making it a little bit less utilitarian, making it more friendly. For, yeah, they added the automatic to the CJ. Ugh. You know. All these things. I just lost bonus points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But AMC, <laughs> we did that last um, week. They, came, they came up with the Eagle, yeah, uh, which was the first all mass-produced American all-wheel drive vehicle. These were the people that said to the Americans, "This is the way of the future." You know, yeah. having power to all four wheels. So pretty much everything four-wheel drive today has got thanks to AMC being the ones yeah. that really and and you know and if you look at the true roots of the company. Mm -hmm. Going all the way back to the Jeffrey Quad, yeah, it's this. That was their roots. They were the ones who developed four wheel drive, and they were the first. I did look that up. I tried mm -hmm. to find if somebody had built something before them. They are the first that are truly accredited with having the um, locking differentials front and rear. Nice. So uh, they were the first, you know, full on true four wheel drive. <laughs> uh, some of the real early experimental things that just had like a straight solid axle yeah. between them with a welded, like a welded <laughs> differential. That doesn't really count. They had a true uh, differential, like a limited slip on them. Nice. And so that was the Jeffrey Quad, was that's the first. Wonder if anybody still wheels one of those. I was thinking about that when I was, was I'd, I'd researching some of Very those. interested to find that out. I would I would I mean not hardcore, but I would love to take one into some mud and some light that rocks cool. and just see what it does. See what they do. And do that, you might and then, be like pleasantly surprised. Yeah, some of be, those old things like that are like, holy crap, they really knew what they were doing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Um, speaking of some of that really early, early development, earlier on you were talking a little bit about the thing up in Memphis. Yes, yeah. And you said you had some more information on yep, the thing. Yep, so I, I pulled this up, and for anybody who wants to read it, I'm pretty much just going to straight read this from the Wikipedia page. There's a Wikipedia page on it? On Memphis, Michigan, yeah. On Memphis, Michigan, or yeah, the thing? Yeah, this, this is on Memphis, Michigan. Oh, okay. And it's mentioned uh, towards the bottom. So over the winter of 1884 to 85, local father and son mechanics John and Thomas Clegg constructed a four-seater road vehicle, get this, powered by a single-cylinder steam engine mm-hmm. with a boiler in the rear, referred to as The Thing. The Clegg's invention was the first recorded instance of an automobile made in Michigan. Through 30 test drives in the summer of 1885, vehicle proved to not be viable to operate. State later became the International Center of Automobile Manufacture. Roadside historical marker on the east side of the city limits has little details about that. And that reads, uh, Thomas Clegg, 1863 to 1939. Wow, that dude was old. And his English-born father, John, built the thing. First recorded self-propelled vehicle Michigan, perhaps the country. Uh, I'll skip over a couple parts of this. Tubular boiler carried in the reel, seated four. Uh, is built at the John Clegg and Son Machine Shop in Memphis. Ran about 500 miles before it was dismantled and the engine sold to a creamery. Shop was raised in 1936, and this is cool, just a short time before Henry Ford offered to buy it for the Greenfield Village. The original engine. The building, I think, is what they mean. Okay. The way I read it is the, the, the shop was raised. When you say raised, I mean, it was demolished. R-A-Z-E-D. Yeah, raised. That yeah. means they demolished <laughs> it. They tore it down. Yeah. Not raised as in, like, lifted up. It was raised. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I misunderstood that. Yeah, one. raised means that it was uh, so knocked down. So it's not, oh, that's a bummer. So it's not in Greenfield Village. Well, no, but, um, huh. now, I can add just a little bit to that because I did, and this is, this is I'm going back into the noggin on the thing. Many years ago, I, smell was. I did some uh, <laughs> some digging on that, mm-hmm. and there are a number of accounts that say the steam engine was removed from the creamery, mm-hmm. the one that was originally on the thing, and that and there was others that said they actually built two things. Okay, that they had a kind of like a prototype, and then a yeah. you know, but one of the engines that they used eventually was supposedly installed onto a small boat huh. um, to, cool. to, to check out to see the viability of that. Yeah. And the boat was lost to, it was sunk, basically. Oh, really? um, there was, but I couldn't find much more information. Uh, it, it was supposedly in a river that the thing oh. went down. Uh, could be the St. Clair River, could be somewhere else. But yeah. Um, no, it's pretty interesting. I was I was working on yesterday... The this day in off-road history, and I was researching um, some of the early buses, and mm-hmm. apparently in Great Britain in the eighteen twenties and thirties they had steam buses oh, wow. that had did full service twenty mile routes. Wow! But then um, Great Britain kept taxing the them so high on the yeah. roads that by like eighteen thirty they became non-existent. Huh? And there was like a 50-year hiatus of any development of automobiles in wow. Great Britain because of that. But there were all these steam vehicles wow. prior to that. It kind of, what you know, this is a little bit, I know we don't get too political on this show, mm-hmm. but that's an instance where overtaxation stunted an entire industry. Oh, yeah. Great Britain 
I would be, I believe if they would have had that 50-year jump start that they had and they would have continued developing, they'd be the automotive capital of the world. We'd probably be speaking with an accent. Yeah, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, I'm not saying they would have taken over a country or something, but yeah. they, they would be mo- making probably the majority of the vehicles. Yeah. But instead, they taxed vehicles out of existence, Jeez. and they didn't make another one there until the 1880s. Wow. So, you know... That's crazy. Yeah, you you tax somebody out of yeah. existence, and that's just what happens. Of course, huh. you know there was a country once that they uh, tried to tax out of existence. That didn't work <laughs> out real well for them either. Not really, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, but uh, John, what else you got today? Anything? I think that's about everything I've got. It's been kind of a slow week. Yeah. So weather has not been good. No. Oh no. No. Yeah. What was it? We had sixty the one day and snow the next. We had, had snow this, last night. We had it the same day. There was one day it was like 53 degrees outside or yep. 55 when I woke oh, up. Oh, yeah. I, went out, I started mowing the lawn. Uh-huh. I'm going along. I'm just in a hoodie. I'm just like rocking out. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what? What? what is coming yeah. out of the sky? Snowflakes sideways <laughs> at me. What is going on here? Sitting at a fire last night, and I kept seeing this stuff fly by. I'm like, oh, that's ash, but the wind's blowing that way. That's weird. <sighs> There's it again. What? Snow. Yeah. And then it. Got, I mean, everything was covered. Man. We left. We went in the garage. Just putting the fire out. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. It, I'm, wait, uh, I'm waiting for the good weather to come out. Well, I every year when the season changes, I get a bit of a cold for a few days. I'm at the tail end of that now. It's no corona, I promise. Oh, it's too late already. <laughs> you got the corona. <laughs> so it, it, that's happened now. Starting to warm up a little bit, so that season is here. It's finally upon us, I feel. Oh, <laughs> well, I know well, you. Why don't you do your end? Yeah, I got my little notes um, here. It's been fun. So I, 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 I'll ad lib the new edition because I forgot to update it. But uh, so if you guys do have any questions or comments about any of our episodes, feel free to join our 4x4 Talk page on Facebook and leave us a comment. You can find that. Just go on your Facebook, search 4x4 Talk. A couple questions get you on there real quick, and you can start posting. Uh, for any more bonus content, make sure to check out our patreon.com slash wheelandradio and get access to that as those $2 a month. A lot of cool extra content. If you were watching last week, we did put one of those episodes up, a little different from what we normally do, so you can kind of get an idea of what's going on there. None of the other episodes are that political, though, I promise. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button at the bottom of the player, and make sure to hit subscribe so you continue to see new content as we upload it. We're also going to give a big shout out and thank you to producer Andrew for all that you do for us, making us not Absolutely. sound and look so horrible. Thank you, oh, sir. Thank you, Andrew. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody. <laughs>